Welcome to the King's Healing Room Podcast, where we are a kingdom ministry within global presence. We are located at 4326 Pharaoh in Syracuse, New York, 13219, where the executive pastor is Elder Yulon Jones and the senior pastor and founder is Bishop Brian K. Hill Sr. All are welcome. Glorious day. Just want to let y'all know we're getting ready for Kingdom Academy. And uh, the speaker for this lesson, for this day, for the service that brings the word, for, bring the word of God to you, to help you, to guide you, and to allow Christ to hold and keep you is our very own Elder Ken Powell. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I apologize for my lateness. Please forgive me. But it's been like a busy, busy morning. I just want to give God praise, honor, and glory. We should all be giving God praise. Glory Hallelujah. to God, glory to God, glory Hallelujah. to God, glory to God. For being alive, for being alive. Give us another day that has not been promised. Those that are able to stand, please stand in the reverence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to give respect where respect is due. And those that are not able to stand, please bow your heads where you may be. And let us pray. Gracious Father, we just want to praise you on this morning, worship you, give you honor, praise, and glory. All is due to you, O God. All that you do for us, Lord, you are faithful to us. You love on us. You forgive us. Lord, you give us life. You give us our health and our strength. You give us the activity of our limbs. You keep us clothed and in our right mind. Lord, you start us on our way every day. Lord, you watch over us to and from our journeys. As we rise and as we sleep and slumber, you watch over us. Lord, we thank you and we praise you because you heal our bodies. You heal our minds. Lord, you have all things in your hand. You have our lives in your hand. And we praise you and we thank you for who you are. We thank you and we praise you that we can come to you with any situation, any circumstance, Lord, and you hear us, we thank and we praise you, Lord, that you give us the answer and may not be what we want and may not be what we thought it would be, but you give us the answer. You have never failed or forsaken us. Lord, we thank and we praise you for those that you have placed in our lives. We thank and we praise you, oh God, for who we belong to, we thank and we praise you, Lord, for knowing us, calling us yes. by name. Yes. Lord Jesus, we thank and we praise you, O oh God, for watching over us and protecting us to and from our journeys. Lord, we thank and we praise you, Lord, for your word on this morning, O oh God. We pray that your word be a blessing to those that give ear to ear and open their hearts to receive your precious word, O oh God. We thank you and we praise you, Lord, because we know that your word shall not come back void. Lord, that it will go out and do what it needs to do. 
We ask that you bless those that give ear to my voice, oh God. We ask that you bless those here, there, and everywhere. Continue to keep your hands upon your people, upon our bishop, upon our assistant pastor, oh God. Continue to strengthen us where we may be weak. Build us all up where we are torn down. Lord, let your spirit have full reign. Set the atmosphere, oh God. Lord Jesus, we thank you and we praise you, Lord. Lord, we ask that you set the appointed time for us, oh God. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for every day that you have allowed us to live this sin. Lord, we know that we can do nothing without you, but that all things are in thine hand. That you have control over the atmosphere, you have control over all things, Lord. We know what you allow, and we know who you allow, whatever. But Lord, we thank and praise you for the testing of God. We thank and praise you for answered and unanswered prayer. Lord, we will never give you, fail to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. We ask that you rebuke the hand of the adversary. Lord, we ask that you watch over, protect, and keep our children. Our children's children, Lord, our families, Lord, we know that we are thine and you are ours. It will never fail to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, you are our strength and our redeemer. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I just thank God for allowing me another day to stand before his people and minister his word. It's not my word, but it's his word. And this morning's lesson is your reasons are worthless excuses. And I'm going to say that again. Your reasons are worthless excuses. And my subtitle to this lesson is Excuses, 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 Excuses. One hindering habit that people struggle against is excuse making. There's always an excuse about something. Call it what you will. Justification, rationalization, no matter what we call it, a lot of times it's just an excuse. Now there's legitimate reasons, but I wonder how many times our reasons for not doing something or for doing something that are just mass excuses, in, either, in other words, covered up. And it's amazing the lengths that people, that some people will go to, to make their excuse. They spend more time making excuses than anything else. Unfortunately, a lot of folks make excuses when it comes to the matter of faith. And these excuses, they range for, they range with, I am too busy to pray. That's one excuse. I'm too busy to pray. Or another excuse is, 
I don't read the Bible because I don't understand it. Well, guess what? Nobody understands the entirety of the Bible. It's not given to one man. Or they would say, I would get, I would get right, or I would get right with God, but I've got too much going on in my life right now. Later will be better. That's what some say. But will you be here later? That's the question. I think people can especially deceive themselves with some of the excuses they come up with for not attending worship services. So why do we make excuses? Why is that? Why do we make excuses? Especially when it comes to the matters of faith. Why? I have four reasons that I'm going to let you know about four reasons why people make excuses. And I know that there may be many more, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to talk about four. A, B, C, and D. Now, A is to get out of trouble. In other words, to get out of blame. If I could just blame something or someone, maybe I'll, maybe it'll be my parents. Maybe I'll blame my parents. Maybe I'll blame the weather. Maybe I'll blame you. If I can take the blame off myself, and put it on someone else, then maybe I'll get out of trouble. So you know that there's many times when you make excuses, it's only because you want to blame something or someone else, and you want to take the blame off yourself. Making excuses for mistakes is not new. Not a new thing. In fact, we can trace it all the way back to the book of Genesis in the Garden of Eden. That's where it first originated. Adam, he blames God for the woman that he gave him. And because she gave him the fruit, he blames God. Now the woman, she doesn't blame her husband, she blames the serpent because he beguiled her into eating of the fruit. And the only one that is not making any excuses is the serpent. The only one. Now my excuse for doing something wrong is an attempt not to receive blame to get out of trouble. That's what the excuse would be. You want to blame something or someone to get yourself out of trouble. 
A person who makes excuses is trying to shift the blame from himself or herself to something or someone else. Now, a Christian believer, on the other hand, accepts responsibility for his or her wrongs. They confess it and they ask God for forgiveness. They know the wrongs that they've done. They confess them before God, him or her, and they ask forgiveness from God. So they're not trying to play the, the blame game. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's righteous. First John chapter 1, verse 9. B. I said there was an A, B, C, and D. To deny a personal problem. Deny. Now we know the story. Aaron made a couple of excuses in the Bible in order to deny his own part in the gold calf that was built for the worship in the wilderness. He made excuses. And we all know about the story. We know we all know well about the story when Moses had gone up to be with the Lord. We know that when he went up to talk with God, and while he was gone, the people they grew impatient. And they became doubtful. And they told Aaron to make a God for them. Now, you would think that he would have a backbone because they all seen where the Lord had brought them from. But that's not the case. Aaron comes into peer pressure and instructs the people what to do so that he can build an idol. Now he instructed that, knowing full well that Moses had left him in charge. Now when Moses he had came down from the mountain, because we already know that God had instructed him that something was going on in the camp. When he came down to the camp, towards the camp, and he seen this dancing and this idol, he became irate, irate. He was furious because he couldn't believe what he was seeing. And the very strong tablets that God took his finger and wrote the Ten Commandments on, he had, he had broken, threw them down, broke them. Burned the idol and grinded it up in powder. And he spread it on the water 
and made the sons of Israel drink it. Then he said to Aaron, what did this people do to you? That you have brought such a great sin upon them. Now this is all found in the book of Exodus, Exodus 32 and 21. In other words, he asked him, what's your excuse for this wickedness? What's your excuse? Why would you have done this? You were right there when God brought us out of Egypt. You were right there when he opened the sea and let us walk through. You were right there. Why would you bring this wickedness upon these people? Now, if you ever noticed, now Aaron, he, didn't, he never accepted the personal responsibility for what he had did. He never accepted the, the, that responsibility because he was at fault. But he wasn't willing to accept that responsibility. He was in denial. His first excuse was, do not let the anger of my Lord burn. You know the people yourself that they are prone to evil. And that's in Exodus Chapter 32, verse 22. In other words, it's not my fault. It's the people's fault. So he shifted the blame from himself to the people. It's not my fault. It's the people's fault. And his second excuse which I thought was kind of ironic and funny. I threw it, in other words, the gold, into the fire and out came this calf. Now, who in their right mind would believe that you could just throw gold in fire and something come from it without it being made with hands? Without it being made with hands? Because if you throw gold in, in, in a hot enough fire, all it is going to do is liquefy. It ain't going to form nothing. You got to take that liquid, you got to form it into something. But this is the excuse he came up with. This is the, the, the denial excuse he came up with. And that's in Exodus 32 and verse 24. And the, and the third is two excuses are always worse than one. Always worse than one. That's just like to tell a lie, to cover up a lie, to cover up a lie, to cover up a lie, and later on down the line you end up telling the truth. Because you didn't forgot the lies you've been told. Mm. Now that ain't an excuse I don't want to live. And our pastor just uh, talked the other night about that. Excuses are a bad, that's a bad habit to have. It's a bad habit to have. Especially when you're a child of God. There is no excuse. But they got them. They got a whole heap of excuses. The real problem is, Aaron had let them get out of control. He let them get out of control. 
And that's in verse 25 of Exodus. Same chapter, verse 25. He was supposed to be their leader. The high priest of God. And he failed the people as their leader. He failed. And rather than accept the responsibility for his failure, he denied his sin. He denied it. He wanted to put the blame on someone else. He didn't want, he, he denied, he didn't want, he didn't want to take blame for what he did. But he was at fault. Because nobody could have made that but him. And the people of Israel knew that he was capable of making an idol. He was an architect. They, they knew that. They knew that he was able to make stuff. And he could have said, no. That's not going to happen. We're going to have to wait on most to come down. But he didn't do that. So he made excuses. Now Proverbs chapter 30 verse 12, it says there is a real kind who is pure in his own eyes yet is not washed from his filthiness. Pure in his own eyes, but yet he's not washed from his filthiness. Now it's easy, very easy to blame others and make excuses for evil thoughts and wrong actions. It's always easy to put the blame on someone else instead of accepting yourself. You did it so honorably, but you don't want to do that. You want to put the blame on someone else. Or on something else. And these excuses include a few, but there's many more. I'm just going to give you a few. First one is it's the other person's fault. Amen. How many times have you heard that? Oh, it's the other person's fault. It ain't my fault. It's the other person's fault. It's their fault. Or how about this one? I couldn't help it. I had you good. Bunch of time I couldn't help it. Yeah, you good. Or how about this one? Everybody's doing it. Everybody like you. Doing what? And so if the everybody that's doing it, if they jump off a cliff, you gonna do it too? How about this one? It was just a mistake. Hmm. How many times have we heard that one? It was just a mistake. Oh, this is, a, this is the kicker. This is one of the kickers right here. Nobody's perfect. No one was striving to be. We, we got the word of God that will instruct us on how we're to live our lives. No, he's the only one perfect, but we're striving to be just like our father. Amen. But we've heard that so many times, nobody's perfect. No. But you can't be. 
Or how about this one? You made me do. Who made you do what? Can't nobody make you do nothing. You already had it in your heart to do or in your mind to do whatever it was that you want that you taught they need to do. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Or how about this one? I was I was pressured into it. Oh, who pressured you into what? You are your own person. Who gonna make you do something? The enemy can't even make you do nothing unless you have it in your heart to do it. But you was pressured into it. Yeah, right. Okay. Or how about this one? This one just yeah, I got a couple more. I got two more to go. I got, I got two more to go. Because it, it, it gets good. I didn't know it was wrong. Uh, yeah, you did. Yes, you did. How about you didn't know it was wrong? You knew it was wrong. You got a purpose, don't you? If you know that you if you know that there's something that you're not supposed to do, and your conscience is telling you not to do it, you do it, you know it was wrong. But you won't make that excuse. I didn't know it was wrong. How many times have you heard that? Oh, and this is and this is the kicker right here. This this is the this is the one that tops them off. God is tempting me. God don't tempt no man. God don't tempt nobody. You tempted of the devil. Now God does allow us to go through things to try our faith to see if we're gonna trust Him. But God don't tempt no man. So knock it off. Quit saying that God is tempting you because it's not. Quit putting the blame on him. All of these excuses. Excuses, excuses, excuses. Are a denial of a personal problem. That's a habit. Mm. It's like the adulterous woman of Proverbs 30 and 20. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done no wrong. But she's an adulteress. She eats and wipes her mouth and says that she's done no wrong. But you commit an adultery. Ain't, there ain't no good in that. You had many husbands and the one that you got ain't you. But in 1 John chapter 1, verse 8, it says, if we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We have all sinned and been short of the glory of God. We were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. How are you going to say you won't sin? You can sin by wrongful thought. You ain't even got to do the action. Just thinking that thought, you can sin. A sin is a sin, is a sin, is a sin. C. I said A, B, C, and D. I said that was four. C, to get out of responsibility, avoidance. 
Got a whole bunch of them. Now there's an example of this in the life of Moses. And it's all found in Exodus chapter 3, verse 11, and also in Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. Now God had spared Moses as a baby in his life. In his life, God had spared Moses as a baby. And he trained him. He trained Moses in the house of Pharaoh. God trained him. And he blessed him with rich blessings in Egypt. With great blessings come great responsibility. And it was time for Moses to use his talents for God. This was his duty. This was his obligation. This was his responsibility. Now God said to Moses, come on now. I want you to come on now. And I will send you to Pharaoh. I will send you on to Pharaoh. And that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. See, God has a purpose and a plan for all our lives. And this was the purpose and the plan he had for Moses. Exodus 3 and 10. But Moses, he didn't want all the responsibility. So he comes up with an excuse one after the other. Here they come. The first excuse was, I'm not able. Don't have the talent. Didn't it just say that God had trained him in the house of Pharaoh? So he had to have something. He had to give him some talent. But he's saying, I don't have, I don't have a talent. Oh, but it gets better. But these are all found in Exodus chapter 3, verses 11. Well, one, well, 11. And then the others are in chapter 4, verses 1, 10, and 13. But I'm going to do them one at a time. So the first one is I'm not able. Don't have the talent. That was Exodus 3 and 11. And then the second excuse was, they won't believe me. That's Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. The third excuse was, I'm not a good speaker. Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. And then one of many, but the final one for this is someone else can do it. Exodus chapter 4, verse 13. Now we know that at this point, we know that the anger of the Lord was killed against, against Moses. So he turned around and he told Moses, he said, okay, 
He says, you have a brother, and his brother's name is Aaron. He said, and he's coming right now. He said, isn't he an elegant speaker? He said, and he's coming right now to meet you. But the Lord was high with Moses because he gave him the opportunity and he avoided it. He didn't want it. He wanted to give it to someone else. So his brother spoke on his behalf and God used Moses as an instrument of performing the miracles. Now I'm not saying that Aaron didn't get, get a chance to do one, one or a few. Because when he gave him the ride, he laid the ride down and turned into a serpent. And that serpent <laughs> ate the other three. And then he did it once and poof. Now if that if that ain't an eye opener for those that were able to see that uh something wrong, should have an excuse. But the Lord was angry with him, very angry. Now there's a quote from Benjamin Franklin, and it was only one, and it was only once said. He that is good for making excuses is seldom good for anything else. He that is good for making excuses is seldom good for anything else. So if all you want to do is go through life making excuses, then you ain't going to be good for nothing else. Because you're going to excuse your, you're going to, that's all you're going to do in your life is make excuses. So, to keep from doing what we don't want to do, that's deep. That's the fourth one. Have you ever been asked to do something for someone, like take a job, take on a job, and you didn't, and you didn't really want to do it? And I know that we've all probably been in that, in that spot at one time in our life or another. Surely we've all been asked to do something we didn't want to do. I think many times when it comes to obeying the Lord, we hear excuses from people who just really, deep down inside, don't want to obey the Lord. And their reasons are excuses. Always got an excuse for something. Always got an excuse. Excuses, excuses, excuses. Now we know that the Lord Jesus, he had told a parable that shows our attempt to excuse ourselves from doing God's will. And this parable is about a man who was giving a big dinner and inviting everyone to come, but they all alike began to make excuses. You'll find that in Luke chapter 14, verse 18. They all began to make excuses. First excuse was, I have bought a piece of land and I need to go out and look at it. 
Please consider me excused. The second excuse was from another party. I have bought him five yoke boxes and I am going to try them out. Please consider me excused. That's verse 19. And then the third party was, I have married a wife, and for that reason I cannot come. Three different people, three different excuses. Now these people could have come to the feast, they just didn't want to. And that's the point of the parable. If you won't buy a piece of land, then shouldn't you have went out and seen the land before you purchased it? That's common sense. How are you going to buy a piece of land and then you got to go out and look at it? If you bought five yoke of oxen, you should have known that they were, they were capable of doing what they needed to do. You tried them before you even buy them. And the third one, this is the kicker to me, you just got married, why not take your wife to this dinner? That ain't no excuse. So all the excuses, excuses, excuses that were made were unexcusable. Unexcusable. Do you see yourself in these excuses? That's my question. Do you see yourself in these excuses? Stop. Pause. Think about it. Are you making excuses to get out of trouble, which is blame? Or are you denying a problem? to get out of responsibility to avoid, or to keep from doing what you really want to do? That's the question. If so, then let's consider a few things that might persuade us to stop making excuses. I got A, B, C, D, and maybe an E. Okay. Hello. Four reasons to stop making excuses. Mm. A. Making excuses hinders people from seeing solutions. You become focused on why you can't instead of how you can. In fact, the habit of making excuses keeps on focused. It keeps focused on obstacles. It's like the 10 out of the 12 spies that were sent into Canaan, the Canaan's land. They began making excuses. And all they could think of is why they couldn't conquer the land God promised them. They were making excuses. 
And the excuse was, the people are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And we became like grasshoppers in their sight. That was their excuse. But only two out of the 12 came with the right report. It's unfortunate that excuses destroys the lives of so many people. Avoidance. Avoidance is behavior and exercise and excuse making. Contributes to a great deal to the mental disorder of the average. B. Making excuses turns people into victims instead of victory, instead of victors. They become a victim instead of having the victory over the issue. Now Proverbs 22 and 13, it says, the sluggard says, there's a lion outside and I will be killed in the streets. Excuses are the nails used to build a house of failure. A poor woman always finds fault in his tools. See, I told you I got A, B, C, D, and maybe E. Making excuses reveals a lack of faith. He said, you believe in God, believe also in me. And there's more to that. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. In Judges chapter 6, Gideon was called a valiant warrior of God and was given the challenge to lead God's people out of oppressions and defeat against the Midianites. Or the Midianites, let me say that correctly. But when he was given that mission, he began making excuses. Here we go again. Excuse after excuse after excuse. It went from Moses to Aaron to Allen. We, we down here to get And he said in Judges chapter 6, verse 15. Oh Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh, in the tribe of Manasseh. And I am the youngest in my father's house. You know, like I know, if the Lord says you're a valiant warrior, then you really shouldn't argue with him. If he tells you that that's what you are. Scripture says that we are more than conquerors 
believers to him that love us. Romans 8 and 37. You should have faith and be the warrior he made you to be. D, this is the one I like. God doesn't accept excuses. He doesn't accept excuses. And I'm going to tell you why. One talented man offered excuses. The master rejected his excuses, which you'll find in Matthew 25, 24, and verse, verses 24 and verse 25. But his master, his master answered him and said, You wicked and lazy slave. This man was just wicked and lazy. Now in Romans 1 and 20, it says, For since the creation of the world is invisible, attribute is no, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. For since the creation of the world his visible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. When Jesus talked to his disciples about how the world had rejected him, and was rejected because of their spiritual blindness and stubbornness and stubborn hearts, he said in John 15 and 22, if I had not come to spoke and spoken to them, they would have not been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. So I know why I made excuses and I know why I should stop making excuses. But I've done it for so long, it has become a habit. How can I break the destructive habit and overcome my excuses? And there's four ways to overcome excuses. A, don't expect perfect situations before you take action. Amen. Waiting for the perfect or ideal situation is a common hindrance of getting things done. Of course, sometimes there's a better time than others to do certain things. But you can't always sit around waiting for that perfect day. At some point, you just got to do things even when it's convenient. I know some say good things come to those who wait. And in some cases, that is true. But more times than not, those good things are the leftovers from those who hustle to get things done. Amen. Have faith that you can do all things. Rather than complain about his circumstances and making excuses, Paul wrote, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. 
Overcoming excuses will help you to start believing in yourself and God. Instead of doubting yourself in God. By overcoming excuses, you will gain confidence and as you overcome, instead of being overwhelmed. But when we make excuses and repeat them often enough, they become a belief. The belief that then becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So have faith like Paul that you can do all things through him who strengthens you. Realize the potential that God has given you. We are responsible not for what we have, but for what we could have. Not for what we are, but for what we could become. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for God has not given us the spirit of timidity, or timidity, intimidation, which is fear, but of power and love and discipline. Do you believe that verse? If you do, then live like it. While false prophets in Israel were making excuses, the prophet Micaiah, whose name means like Jehovah, said, I am filled with power, with the spirit of the Lord, and with justice and courage. And that's Micaiah chapter 3, verse 8. So the next time you feel tempted to make excuses, remember the spirit within you. Ask God to help you stop making excuses. Jeremiah 1, 4 through 7. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Alas, Lord God, Behold, I do not know how to speak. Who said that before? Moses. Because I am a youth. That was the excuse. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth. Because everywhere I send you, you shall go and all that I command you, you shall speak. His excuse was denied. I said there was, there might be an E. A, B, C, D, and E. Look for solutions instead of problems. Don't find an excuse, find a way. This will change your mindset from a pessimist, in other words, a person that believes the worst will happen, to an optimist meaning a person who tends to be hopeful and confident about the future or the success of something. Now in John chapter 9, verses 6 through 9, Jesus saw him lying here. He saw this man lying here lying at the pool of the seven. 
or the poor, beautiful packet, but he was at the pool. There, <laughs> there, and knew that he had already been a long time in that condition. A long time. He may have been like that since his youth. Could have been born that way. And he, and he said to him, do you want or do you wish to be well? And the sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your pallet, and walk. Immediately, the man became well and picked up his pallet and began to walk. Now, in conclusion, I have a feeling that this is going to be the best day of your life. The best day of your life is the one on which you decide your life is your own. No apologies, no excuses, no one to blame. The gift is yours. It's an amazing journey. And you alone are responsible for the quality of it. This is the day of your life when it really begins. When you stop making excuses in life and start making progress in life. As we come to the conclusion of this lesson, this morning, I'm sure the adversary within is giving us or giving those excuses not to get right with God. Our enemy is the master excuse maker. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad that is so loud right now. Thank you to hear this. Why do you get right with God? This is the excuse today that the enemy is trying to have you say or have you think. Why get right with God today? Later would be better. I uh, guess what? Tomorrow night comes to know. You can be here the second be gone the next. Get right with God today. Better now than now. Second excuse would be, you've got too much going on in your life right now to think about eternity. I'm just too shy to talk to someone about getting my life right with God. What will people think? I know you really don't like it or like to do anything noticeable by others. I could never live up to those expectations. My childhood was rough and my family is torn. You've got so much on with your job. You don't need an excuse or do you? When Paul preached, 
in Athens, Mars Hill. Some who were present for the great opportunity said, we shall hear you again concerning this matter in Acts 17 and 32. I don't know what their excuse was, but I wonder what was so pressing that they gave up their salvation. Don't make their mistake. Don't use their excuses. Excuses, excuses, excuses. All were nailed to the cross. If you need to get right with the Lord, do it now. Amen? Amen. I just want to thank God for his word and that those that heard it, I pray that you give your life to Christ because now is a better time than ever. Oh, gracious Father, as we stand before you, we thank and praise you for your word. Let your word be a blessing. Lord, let it go through and let it touch the minds and the hearts of your people. Saved and unsaved, oh God, that they may turn their lives over to you. Lord, we thank and praise you for your precious word, for in your word is life, and you give, your, you give it more abundantly, that we may have life more abundantly. We thank and we praise you. May your word be a blessing to those that heard it, and that they take something away from it, and that they live by it with no excuse. We thank and we praise you, O oh God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. You are our Lord, you are our strength and our redeemer. In your precious and precious holy name, we pray. Amen. Amen. And thank God. Thank God. If you enjoyed this podcast, we have three different ways that you can give. One way is using the Givelify app by downloading Givelify using your iOS or Android device and search The King's Healing Room, where you will see our senior pastor, Bishop Brian K. Hill's senior photo. You also can use our text to give. Here how it works. There are five steps. Step one, text GIFT to 1-844-981-981. 2759, which is a unique to the King's Hill Room. Step two, you will receive a text with instructions. Step three, follow the instructions to set up a given account. Step four, text the amount you want to give and the designation. It could be a tithe, offering, or general fund. In step five, you will receive a receipt via email confirming your gift. And here's the last way you can give. You can use PayPal and send your donation to tkhrauthors at gmail.com. That is tkhrouffice at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to listen to more messages like the one you have heard. We are the King's Healing Room and we are a kingdom ministry with a global presence.